0: Welcome to week one. Uh, this morning we started a brand new ser- sermon series called Unsubscribe, and I think it's very fitting for the new year. Um, before we dive into this morning, if you are newer to Prodigal, and maybe you've been coming a few weeks, maybe you've been coming a few months, but uh, you'd like to hear more about kind of our stories, some of our core values, ask questions, Discover Prodigal is a really great opportunity to do so. Discover Prodigal is gonna be in the room right next to us, right here, immediately following service. It's about 20 minutes long, 30 minutes tops. We've got bagels and coffee for you. And so we wanna encourage you if if you're newer and just wanna get more connected or just ask more questions, uh, just hop right over here. You'll get to meet our staff and it's super chill and the bagels are great. So we wanna encourage you to make that happen. So there are times in our lives when we subscribe to something so that we can get a good deal, right? If we join this email list, we'll get 20% off. So we weigh, we weigh the pros and cons, and we go, that's fine, I'll do it. There are other times where we bought something, and we had no idea that the fine print said that in the smallest possible font, if you buy this website, we, uh, have, we will subscribe you and blast your email every morning at 6 a.m., right? Sometimes we mean to subscribe and it's annoying. Sometimes we don't mean to subscribe and it's even more annoying. Uh, But the story doesn't have to end with annoyance. See, the fine print that got you caught up in this mess is the same fine print that can get you out of it. Because at the bottom of those emails, those daily emails that blast your way at 6 a.m. every single morning, at the very bottom, in the smallest print you can find, it says, Would you like to unsubscribe? Uh, and you gotta use a magnifying glass to see it, but it is there. You can click that, and you can be free. Uh, in our lives, we subscribe to some stuff, and it's junk. We don't need it. Doesn't help us. And throughout this series, you're going to have an opportunity to have to unsubscribe to some of the junk in your life. And this morning, you'll have a chance to unsubscribe to something that affects all of us, okay? Most of us indulge in this on a daily basis. This morning, we're going to unsubscribe to gossip. Go ahead. You can talk about it with each other. Um, We see gossip everywhere we go. It's something that we all deal with. We don't even know it's happening. Uh, In particular, we see it in the supermarkets when we look at these things on the side called tabloids. Okay, you familiar with these? Uh, I'm going to put five, four tabloid headlines on the screens. I want you to determine which is an actual tabloid headline and which is fake. Okay, ready? Number one, fat cat owns 23 old ladies. Tabby Tubby rules the retirement roost. Number two, gluten killed the dinosaurs. Once they cultivated grain, it was over. Number three, alien Bible found. They worship Oprah. And finally, number four, world's smallest face. And also, Billy Graham's special Christmas message. Okay, so talk amongst yourselves. Determine which one you think is a one, two, three, or four. Think about it. Maybe whisper to the person next to you. You're all right. Those are all actual tabloids that you may see in magazines as you check out at the grocery store. Now these magazines, these tabloid magazines, National Enquirer, um, these different types, they've been around since the 60s. And they're still selling. Even when we know something is not true, we buy it and read it for entertainment. I thought Rick Warren gave a great definition of gossip. He says, and how we know that we're gossiping. He said this, it'll be on the screens. When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem more part of the solution then we are probably gossiping I think that's right if we're honest it's something we all struggle with and the Bible actually speaks about gossip quite a bit I just find that so odd when I think back to the ancient Hebrews the ancient Israelites um the, the Jewish people I just I can't it's hard for me to picture them like sitting around a campfire and, like you know gossiping and stuff the Bible talks about it a ton look at Proverbs eleven 13 it'll be on the screen it says this a gossip betrays a confidence but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Are you a trustworthy friend? Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Has gossip severed any of your friendships? You don't have to think back to high school. I'm sure that happened then. We can think back to last week. We can think about last month, right? Proverbs 20, it says this, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Some of you are thinking is the people that you need to start avoiding right now. Proverbs 26, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Conflict dies down when you don't keep talking about it to other people. Now, what it's not saying, the proverb is not saying that we shouldn't talk about issues and just let them die down eventually. They'll eventually go away if we never talk about them. No, it's not saying that. It's saying what Rick Warren said, right? When we are talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, we are probably gossiping. One more proverb about gossip, chapter 26, says this. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Sounds delicious. Choice morsel. It's an interesting phrase to find in the Bible. It's referring to the best part of a delicacy. Okay, my favorite kind of chips are Cool Ranch Doritos. Um, Or as my son calls them, Blue Ritos. We call them Blue Ritos in our house. He and I both love Blue Ritos. Uh, And you know that the best chips are the ones that have all that extra seasoning on it. Amen? Like that middle chip there? It's so good, right? If you have just a little bit, like you can't really tell the seasoning on it and stuff, yeah, it's fine. I'll eat it. A whole bag but those ones with the additional seasoning it's like they stayed an extra long time it's like that's heaven on earth now i was having lunch with my sister several years ago we both bought a bag of blue ritos and then she put the really spicy ones the ones with all the seasoning off to the side and then she kept eating the rest of her lunch And i thought to myself why is she not eating the best chips So near the end of lunch i asked sis why did you pull those chips to the side Do you not like those ones? Hoping she would say, no, it's just too much seasoning and stuff, and you can have them, that would have been amazing. But no, she says the most reasonable thing ever. She says, no way, those are my favorites, I'm saving the best for last. Amen. Nothing could be more true. The well-seasoned blue Ritos are the choice morsel of the bag. The Bible says gossip is like the choice morsel. It feels good going down, and you can't just have one. If you eat the whole if you eat one the whole bag goes down, right? That's gossip. You get a little taste. Hey, what you say? What they do? Tell me more. Give me the details. I want to know everything that happened. It's a choice morsel. There simply isn't anything good about gossip. Now there are at least there's more, but there's at least four different types of gossip. Okay? I'm going to elaborate on these for you. Here's the one. Chit-chat. This is the type of thing where you did you hear that the Simmons are moving? Just often basic information that nobody may be asked for, and it, sometimes it's harmless. But it's just chit chat, okay? It sometimes doesn't have harmful results. Then there's prying. You know, someone's going through a rough patch in their marriage, so you ask their close friend, "Hey, how's Justin and Jessica doing?" Oh, picture them holding hands, or or him holding hands with somebody else. That's a big deal. You're, you you want them to share a little bit more. Then there's the prayer request. This is a Christian favorite. Um, This is where you pretend you're sharing something so the other person can pray for them, but really, you just want to gossip, okay? And it's often preceded by phrases like, bless her heart, okay? As in, bless her heart, but Mary Beth, she's put on a little extra weight, we need to pray for her. I don't know why I said Mary Beth. I don't know why I'm from the South all of a sudden either, (laughs) but... Finally, the last one. This one's called the juice, okay? The juice is very rare. This is where you hear something, and it's so juicy that you immediately have to call your BFF and tell them what you just heard. Now, the juice, it's usually preceded by phrases like, OMG, or you're never going to believe this. How many of you have been juicing this week? Okay. It's okay. This, we can be honest. I asked some of you in our church and some friends, um, why do you think you gossip?" And I asked myself these questions as well. But some of the answers were really interesting. One person said, if I'm being honest, sharing gossip makes me feel kind of important, like I've got the power in the situation, and all of a sudden I feel like I'm above everyone else. Someone else said, when I'm hearing gossip, it makes me feel better about myself because there's something great when someone else looks bad, it makes me feel better. Or three, this one. Honestly, I feel like I have such a boring and dull life that hearing something juicy about someone else is very entertaining. Every reason that was given and every reason I myself gave, in all of that, there wasn't one good reason to gossip. Not one. When you look at the reasons, it's really a more accurate reflection of the darkness within me and the darkness within you. But like all humans, we try to hide that darkness here's one way we do it. The compliment sandwich, where you say something nice about somebody, then you say what you really want to say, and then you say something nice about it again, okay? This is to make it sound nicer than it is, okay? You know, a lot of people, for me, a lot of people ask me about uh, other pastors in town or other churches, and I'll say something like this, yeah, I really like him. You know, I met him one time. He seems like an amazing pastor. I don't really love the way he teaches on this one issue. Doesn't really like that he doesn't spend that much time with his congregations. But he's an amazing pastor, great church. Check it out. See that? I sandwiched it, so it's okay. No, it's not. Gossip, compliment, compliment, gossip, compliment. I do this, you do this. Hey, John, what do you think about so-and-so? Oh, man, she's just really grown in her faith, becoming an awesome woman of God. You know, I don't really trust her. I don't really want my kids around her. <laughs> don't really want her to live in the same state as her, but she is nails. Awesome. Love that girl. I'm exaggerating to make a point, obviously. But we need to be honest about the kinds of conversations we're having. Here's another one. Just because it's true doesn't mean it needs to be said. You know, I, 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 Chrissy and Alan, they're they're having some serious marital issues. I saw Chrissy's car at another apartment one night. The next morning I drove by again and it was still there. Maybe you shouldn't be saying that. What? It's true. Her car was there. The line of delineation between whether you should share something or not is not whether it's true or false, but is it helpful or is it hurtful? Is it holy or is it unholy? As a Christian, everything you say should be true, but not everything that is true needs to be said. Just because it's true doesn't mean we need to say it. We probably just want to gossip. Some people think, well, it's true, so I didn't do anything wrong. It might be true, but it doesn't mean it's right. James, the brother of Jesus has much to say about gossip and the way we use our tongues. And I encourage you this week sometime, read all of James chapter three. We're only gonna get through a few verses this morning. But he says this, it'll be on the screens. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body But it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Now when you go to the doctor and you're sick and you're not feeling good, what's one of the first things the doctor says to you? Stick out your tongue. Why? Why? because your tongue reveals something about what's going on inside of you how we speak how we talk reveals what's going on inside of us james says it's so significant that it steers our lives it directs our lives if you want to know where you're going in the next 5 or 10 years look at what you say if you want to know the direction of your where your life is moving look at your conversations Look at the words that are coming out of your mouth. We shape our words, and listen to this, our words also shape us. We shape our words, and then our words shape us. Now, maybe you're not the one that's gossiping. But you do it like a good listen. I'm not saying it. I'm not gossiping. I'm just there. What am I going to do, cut them off? Tell them to stop? Are you listening to gossip you don't need to be super spiritual about it quote a bible verse about gossiping okay that's that's makes you look terrible okay it makes god look even worse so don't do that don't put it on god but you can change the subject in a in a creative way right you can slowly remove yourself from the conversation uh you don't have to stop and go excuse me that's gossip so the bible says no no you don't need to be super spiritual about it, but you can change the subject. You can steer it a different direction. The tongue, it's a rudder, right? It's, it's a bit, it can steer things. But you can slowly remove yourself from the conversation. Here's why. Because what you permit, you promote. So if you allow it around you, if you allow it in your own just listening, you're promoting it. And I know that this seems like, man, isn't there bigger sins to deal with and stuff? Ask someone whose life has been destroyed by gossip, by something said falsely, or something that was said was true, but it was not shared at the most inappropriate audience. Ask somebody. It destroys lives. Look at verse 7. It says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. This, this word restless here is the same word that James used in chapter 1 when he talked about a double minded man being unstable. In other words, it's saying it, it's liable to break out at any moment. It's a restless evil. You can't pin it down, it could go off at any moment. You never know what the tongue's going to do. Then he says uh, that it's like poison, deadly poison. Literally, in Greek, it's venom. That, that gossip, the tongue, is like snake venom. Even, even the word gossip sounds snaky, right? Goss. Snake. Goss. It can hurt people. It can damage people. Poisonous. A Jewish newspaper once described gossip as this. The most deadly bug. It has neither legs nor wings. It is composed entirely of tails, and most of them have stings. Would you consider unsubscribing to gossip this morning and instead subscribe to encouragement? Encouragement is the cure for gossip. You've got a big mouth, use your big mouth to be loud about encouragement. What do I say? Who do I say it to? You're struggling. How can I encourage? I want to encourage you to encourage. Encourage. I want to encourage you to follow the, God's leading. That still small voice that says, encourage this person. Encourage that person. I heard a story this week about a kindergarten classroom. There's a boy in that class who was kind of sitting off to the side against the wall. He was very downcast. And the substitute teacher was there in front of the whole class. He says, why are you over there? What are you doing? Come over here. Why are you by yourself? Why are you sad? And then the boy says, well, my, my teacher said that I could do this when I wanted to because my dad just died oh, honey, I'm so sorry, when did this happen? He said, well, two, two days ago, my dad was in a car accident. A five-year-old child loses his dad, so he sat in the back of his classroom. So the sub says, let's, the, whole, kind of, the whole class is kind of hearing this whole interchange. So she says, okay, class, everybody, let's encourage him. Let's say something nice to him. So, now, a veteran teacher would have known that it's a terrible idea to get a bunch of five-year-olds to help in the bereavement process, right? The bad idea. It's not going to go well. Someone that'll go raise their hand and I have something to say. My dog died, and that makes me sad. And the teacher's kind of cringing and was like, Okay, anyone else? Does anyone else have something that can encourage him? Another boy says, Well, my cat died. I'm really glad it wasn't my dad. And that's the substitute teacher panics, like, Abort, abort. Okay, well, everyone, thanks for the encouragement. Worse, possible thing you can say to someone who's grieving right but you know what that little boy said he said no 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 no. can they keep going can we keep encouraging me i like it you see the class didn't do it right they didn't say the right thing they said the wrong thing but he was comforted because they had integrity it it came from their heart they tried to to enter into where he was and he heard that he saw that he felt that as wrong as what they said was, he felt their integrity and honesty and their hearts in their mistakes. You don't have to say the right words. Some people might come to follow Jesus because they see the light. But most often, people will come to find Jesus when they feel the heat. And they feel the warmth radiating out of our lives. That's when they'll begin to follow Jesus. Even when we say the wrong things, There's grace. There's forgiveness. Isn't that just like our God? Even our shortcomings can prove to be redemptive. When you fail, when you don't live up to your word, when you hurt people by the things you say, do you divert blame or get defensive? Or will you now use your words that once brought hurt to others to now bring healing to others? This last week, I I text messaged an old friend. This old friend was uh, high up in his business and he made some, some illegal decisions uh, that, that, that ended very badly for him and his family. Um, and when I heard about it, I was, I was in shock. And I, I want to call him and I want to text him, but I don't have any idea what to say. So uh, last week, I, I, I just feel like I should encourage him. And so I... I sent him a text and I just said, hey, uh, love you so much, bro. I know that um, in times like this, people who love and support you often don't let you know that because they don't know what to say. And I'm confident that that's true for you. Lots of people love and support you. They just don't know what to say. But I just wanted to send some encouragement away. way. Love you, bro. Let me know if there's anything I can ever do. We talked back and forth and stuff, and it was just amazing. I was so glad I sent that. I was so glad I sent that. Is there someone that you know you need to send something to? Someone you need to encourage? And you might not have the right words. It might not be very articulate, but can they feel the warmth? Can they, can they feel your heart and your integrity beyond the actual words that you say? I want to invite Noe and the band to come up. And uh, we're going to do something different for this sermon series. You've got a smartphone, pull it out. You unplugged for Christmas? Okay, it's time to plug back in. Uh, Now, you don't have to do this. You do not have to do this. But if gossip is something that you've been subscribed to, whether on accident or on purpose, and this morning you'd like to unsubscribe to gossip, then we want you to open up your email and then type the word gossip and email it to prodigalunsubscribe at mail.com. Prodigalunsubscribe at mail.com. You'll immediately get 40,000 emails from us. Uh, no. You'll get one. You'll get one email from us. Confirming your unsubscription. We'll also have some encouraging resources about moving forward. Uh but we encourage you that and this is going to be up during the first song or a little bit of the first song so that even this is a prayerful email okay this is a this is something that we want you to wrestle with in your own spirit and so even as the band begins to sing uh feel free to send this email this might be one of the more prayerful emails you've ever sent but as the band sings feel free to unsubscribe as we close with the song beautiful name there's no better word to say We're talking about encouragement, talking about words that we can say and life that we can bring with our words. There's no better word to say than Jesus. No better word to say than Jesus. When you're struggling, when it's dark, when you're alone, when it's hard, when you're suffering, when all these difficulties cave in on your lives, there's nothing better than to proclaim the name of Jesus. And that's what we're going to do. Would you stand as we close with this song together?